0: It's about 1.06 p.m. here on a beautiful Saturday. Welcome back to Snacks and Sunny. I'm your host, Sonny Carton, joined today with Snacks Harrison. How you doing, Snacks? Okay, so it seems as if we have a computer crash problem. It's all good. We'll get him back up and running in a second. If you're listening right now and watching, thank you so much uh, for watching on the U Stadium Network. Uh, we got a lot of good things coming today. We'll obviously wait for Snacks to get back to get into the the real meat of the the schedule and everything we're getting into talk about, but make sure you like the stream, subscribe to the channel, and once again, just appreciate everyone out there for tuning in. It's been a pretty interesting season so far, to be fair. Adding in the 17th game, I think is going to change how people look at the next uh, second half of the season, but I think we've been pretty lucky so far. I mean, outside of injuries, which have really taken out some awesome guys, like Derek Henry, it's kept McCaffrey on the sideline for a while, we see Rodgers with COVID right now, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but we're going to definitely get into all of it, I want to wait for Snacks to get back because he, he's my right hand man, he's my inside eyes on the game, so we'll wait for him to get back, but until then, anyone in the comments for now has any questions, this would be a good time to do that until he gets back, get back. oh and there he is, <laughs> there he is.
1: <laughs> how you yeah, doing man. Snacks? I'm good, man. Sorry having a little um, technical difficulties with this computer. It's no problem. Yeah, I just downloaded, uh, what do you call it, the new Vanguard, the Call of Duty? Mm. So I'm guessing that's what's having my uh, PC do the dance right now. Yep, slowing down.
0: (laughs) All right, well, let's go right into it. Probably the most talked about thing on every single show across the country for the past 24, 48 hours. Aaron Rodgers? Yes, sir.
1: Ah, that's tough.
0: So from your standpoint, something came up in, that, in his interview with McAfee, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. And it was specifically the idea where Rodgers goes, the, from the NFL standpoint, if you want to request a medical or religious exemption, they don't not allow you to do that. But all they're saying is you can't be included in the vaccinated players. And I think that's the one thing that Rodgers kind of missed the mark on is that this whole time he had been asking to get uh, an exemption because of what he thought he was immunized which
1: mm-hmm. clearly shouldn't be the case uh well first and foremost man shout out to a rob man doing that show every tuesday that's tough win that's loser win a draw he's there he's owning everything um you know he's a very thoughtful guy and a, a guy that i have a lot of respect for um so hearing his stance on the um you know, the I'm just say the v word on the uh on the v word um I was kind of confused at first you know but after listening to him uh you hear everybody say the longer he talked the you know the more he stuck his foot in his mouth the crazy he sounded kind of like Kyrie did on the live I don't know did you watch the Kyrie live mm-hmm. yeah the more Kyrie talked the sillier he sounded but uh you know a rod he pretty much gave some 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 valid reasons as to why you know he's currently doing what he's doing so um, I respect it, uh, but at the same time, I do think his comments were a bit misleading.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think his goal of the whole situation was to just, it just seems like he's really about bodily autonomy. And I can't blame anyone who is going to go mm-hmm. for that view, especially someone who's going to stick up for that view, because it's such an important thing. And as we can go into governmental control and all those random things, it is true that you should have the choice to do what you want with your own body. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that Rodgers is sticking up for that and I won't never criticize someone who wants to do that. So, moving on a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's about to be week
1: it's to be week 9 already. Mid season. Mid season. This, this is where things get interesting in the NFL. This is where the you know the the, the defense alignment kind of starts to take take over games. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's so start there then. Give me your defensive player of the year right now.
1: Uh, I'm going to have to go Miles Garrett, man. Miles Garrett has been doing some great things this year. I think he's already at double dishes sacks. Um, you know, they're not having as much success team wise, but he's having a pretty good year. And also, I would have to throw in Aaron Donald in there. Anytime Aaron Donald straps up his cleats, he's a threat to win Defensive Player of the Year. So whether he's making players or not, he's creating things for other guys around him.
0: Exactly, and that last thing you said is so important, and I think that's what gave me Aaron Donald to the deep boy, at least so far through the season, and that he reminds me of Steph Curry on the basketball floor a lot in, in the way that he doesn't necessarily have to be the one hitting the three or have to be the one getting the assist. Mm-hmm. Everyone on the court is so focused on him that someone else might be the one making the play, but You're it right. was really because of Steph or Aaron Donald's impact. So I think it's like you say, I mean, he gets double teamed on every snap, so just because he's not the one getting the sacks doesn't mean he's not having defensive player of the year impact. Right now, hey, that, that being said, was nice too. That Nick was nice. Nick just mentioned it, but I wouldn't blame you if you had digs halfway through the season based on the interception total. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um, I mean the team is having success, so you can kind of you know put those two together. Um, it's uh, I don't know, man. I'm kinda I'm kinda impartial to um to like that, that safety position. Cause he plays safety, right?
0: I think he lines up at cornerback, but corner? they, they move him around the field, but he's corner for now, yeah.
1: Well, that safety cornerback, slot cornerback position, you would have to have um Deion Sanders, that type of effect, you know, in order for me to give you that. Like I'm he's great with the interceptions. I would just have to see you know some of his other numbers and see exactly: you know, is he a lockdown corner, is he shut down, or is he just taking advantage of all the opportunities he's be, being given, which he should. So, but um, and they made a great point too. My boy Max Crosby, that's my boy. I told the NFL about Max when he got in. I told him he was going to be a problem. You know, once he got strong and he's gotten stronger, but the scarier thing is he can get a whole lot stronger. And it's 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 he's going to have a great career.
0: He's nice. He, he hits yeah. some really finesse moves. Like He's one of the quicker guys out there, and I don't mm-hmm. want to be blocking him. Yeah. In terms of MVP, now this is where the conversation gets a little more interesting because it's yeah. not necessarily one main guy to go to. If it's up to me, I'm going to go with Brady. I think he's been dominant. I think for someone who is recognized as the GOAT, if he's having a season that's surpassing any of his other seasons to this point, how could you not say he's the guy that you're going to give MVP to? Well,
1: at the the same time, too, the game is changing as well. So, I mean, he's had a lot of great seasons, but now more so than in the past is Taylor made for for passes. And kudos to him for still being able to keep up with the times. But I get what you're saying, but I I don't agree with that logic. So, so who would you give MVP to? I would give it to Tom Brady. (laughs) Listen, I'm giving it to Tom. um, But... Matthew Stafford deserves some votes in there too for sure I think, I think Matthew Matthew can finish the season strong um he's uh he 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 do have a chance to win uh MVP I, I think he does he's having a real great season
0: yeah and I think that's great for him because I mean for so long we, we all watched him on the street and we're like imagine he had good players imagine this imagine he was with the coaching staff who knew how to set him up in the offense. Mm-hmm. In the first year, he's done that. He's seven and one. And honestly, like you said, he'd probably be my second guy on that MVP list. But yeah, he's got to go to Brady.
1: He's the second guy, but one A is Tom Brady. One B is Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, that's Remember? un that, that's unspoken. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, especially after the performance he just put on, missing his receivers when a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't have been able to still put up numbers. Like we got to give Aaron Rodgers his flowers. Like he is, he's a guy.
0: Okay, so now here's a here's a question that I'm interested in you answering. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to answer this question for the whole season because he's injured right now. But it would be impossible to not give Offensive Player of the Year to Derrick Henry. Do you agree based off of the first nine weeks, eight weeks of the season?
1: Absolutely. If he was on that pace, um, if he stayed on the pace he was on, Derrick Henry would have won MVP.
0: Now, I get if you want to say Cooper Cup because he's on pace to break Calvin's record for receiving yeah. yards and all that. But yeah. I think Derek was just so dominant. And, and to me, there's a slight difference. Like you said, the game today is built around passing. And as good as Cooper Cup is, he, it's definitely built for him to get open more. Meanwhile, Derek Henry, when they hand him the ball, every player on the field knows he's getting the ball. And he still puts up the numbers he does. So he's yeah. a little bit more incredible to me. Yeah. But because of his injury, I think coming down the stretch of the season, it'll either be Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, um Derrick Henry would have won MVP if he stayed on the same pace that he was on, because he was at, at that point, he'd have been the most important player to his team. Um minus a couple quarterbacks in the NFL. Like Derrick Henry was the Tennessee Titans, even though they have Julio Jones um and a couple other really great receivers. But um Cooper Cup comes to mind. That's that's first and foremost. Uh who else? Yeah, I would have to just go with Cooper Cup right now. It's just hands down when he's doing is amazing.
0: So do we think Tennessee's going to hold on to the division? Right now they're at six and two. You got mm-hmm. the Colts at four and five. And then the Jacksonville and Texans aren't catching them. So it's going to be between the Colts and the Titans answer your question, Ryan. But I mean, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to close out the south. I get the Derrick Henry injury, but I think they're going to have like a, a plan just to win the games the same way that they had before. And missing Derrick Henry is going to be going to really hurt, obviously. But I don't see the Colts overtaking them in that
1: spot. Can we can we get their schedule up on the screen? The schedule will tell you everything. The next um, with this being mid-season, the next four or five games are probably going to be the most important games of the season for the Colts, as well as for the Titans due to the injury they just had. So, um, the next four to five games will tell you everything you need to know about that division. If those are winnable for the Colts, and they can you know put on a performance like they did against you know your Jets, our Jets. Um, the first half, not the second half, um, you know, I think they'll have a chance to come back and, you know, crush it in their division.
0: All right. So we, we got an interesting schedule for both teams coming up. The mm-hmm. Titans got the Rams this weekend and then they have new Orleans, Houston, and new England. So I'd say that's three winnable games out of four for them. And then you go to Indianapolis. Oh, and they-
1: hold on, what, what? Three out of four. So, who?
0: New England, Houston, new Orleans, and the Rams
1: um new Orleans is going to be tough for him yeah um, but that's three winnable games it's again that back to my point as well i, I forgot to mention his name mac jones should be mentioned in the offensive envy i mean offensive rookie of the year uh talk based on where he has that team now his numbers aren't that great but where his team is now you know, you got to get a kid some credit. So I think that New England game is going to be tough for him. Um, New Orleans is going to be tough for him. And You said they have the Rams? Yep. Uh, You said three out of four winnable games. Tannehill is really going to have to play his butt off.
0: I agree with you there. He's not going to be able to rely on the run game 30 times a game. No, he's going to have to get it done. And speaking of offensive rookie of the year, I don't disagree with you that Mac Jones should be up there in the conversation. But there's one guy running away with that award right now, and it's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. He's sprinting away (laughs) with that. So unless he slows down, it's impossible not to give it to him. But otherwise, I agree with you. I mean, Max by far been the most solid out of the quarterbacks. And to the Patriots' credit, coming out of the draft, he was looked at as the most NFL-ready starter, and that's what he's been so far.
1: The most Patriot NFL ready started. Let's let's start there. That's that's very Patriot. There's a the difference between being NFL ready as a quarterback and being Patriot NFL ready.
0: Explain what you mean by that.
1: Like just the type of quarterback Mac Jones is. Like New England wouldn't be able to um, have like a uh, Justin Fields or um, a Zach Wilson, you know, and do exactly what they want to do. I see they were kind of changing. That's why they brought Cam in. You know, to kind of get that different uh, dynamic to the offense, but Mac Jones is like the prototypical Patriots quarterback.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying now for sure. Mm-hmm. He he's built to go into that system and succeed, yeah. and that's why they drafted him. So now I've been meaning to ask you this for a few weeks, and it's obviously something close to you because you played with him. But it, Odell, mm-hmm. now all the controversy surrounding Odell. Listen, I know what kind of player he is. You know mm-hmm. what kind of player he is most of the world knows so he will find himself on a team where do you yeah. see him going you-
1: well I, I think again we discredit the kind of person odell is because we know what kind of player he is odell is a great person a great individual you can't i i would challenge any of his former teammates to find you know i would challenge anybody to find any of their former teammate that had a real issue with odell like it's not the issue with Odell. Everybody has a, a uh, an issue with his celebrity and the type of celebrity he is. He's not just football famous. The guy is, is literally a rock star, and he's been a rock star, you know, since he got into the NFL. It's grandmas and grandpas in, in Germany right now. You can show a picture of Odell, and they'll know that's Odell, or show a picture of the hair, and they'll tell you that's uh, OBJ. You know what I mean? So he's a great teammate. He works hard. He practices butt off. So... You know his celebrity kind of gets in his way sometimes but uh, i don't care what you do off the field as long as you're producing on the field you're not being a distraction inside of the locker room which is impossible to be a distraction inside of the locker room if you're a real professional if you're there to do your damn job mind your business and do what they ask you to do you don't worry about the next man what the next man doing should not affect you in any way whatsoever so when- but I, I think to answer your question, to answer your question, I think Baltimore, uh, Rams, and Green Bay will be great places for him.
0: I agree. All three places with good quarterbacks mm-hmm. to get together the ball. Hey, mom, love you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, but Odell, I mean, it, it's such a strange situation because when you hear mm-hmm. these reports about him like sitting alone in the locker room and not being engaged with the rest of the team, like, do you find truth in that? Do you find that hard to believe for a guy like Odell with such a personality? Like, what do you think could have been the cause of some of these issues?
1: I don't know. I mean, as far as sitting alone in the locker room, it's a lot of guys that do that, especially after a loss. Like, it's kind of hard to sit alone in the locker room because you're surrounded by other guys. So maybe after a game, he just sat there or, you know, in between meetings. I don't know the content. I mean, the, the context of, you know, that situation, but it's depending on when it was. Like, a lot of guys just like to be private, like, just sit there and, and be quiet and, you know, and you know, sit and talk and visit with themselves. So I don't see it. even if he did it, I don't see the issue of that. Leave him alone. He's not bothering nobody.
0: And then in a situation like this, because for someone who was in the locker room, like, do you think cause it seems like there had been chemistry issues for a little bit, not not to be not to lie about it. Like Baker and Odell clearly were not have not been on the same page in their tenure in Cleveland. So mm-hmm. but that being said, they just released Odell now. Do you think that there was one event, particularly that happened, that made them? They were like, "All right, we gotta release him now." Or do you think it just boiled over so much, and they were like, "This can't be fixed. We gotta, we gotta do something," and then they released him?
1: It had to be something that happened. I'm not speaking for him. Uh, I never even talked to him about the situation, but I'm guessing you know the video that his, the truth in the video that his dad posted may have had something to do with it, which it shouldn't have, because if that's the case, it's a lot of other players' moms and dads. Who should have them released for the shit that they're doing and saying? Um, but I think it just—it was—it was—it was just time, man. Because there's no reason whatsoever that your number one wide receiver, which he was the number one wide receiver. No disrespect to Jarvis, that's my dog. But he's your number one wide receiver. Why are you not designing plays for him? Why is he not number one in your game plan? Whether it's it's um, over routes, crossing routes, um, slants, something. Why is he not featured in your offense? Any other quarterback in the NFL would get their number one receiver, their best playmaker of the ball, and they just were not doing that in Cleveland. It made no sense whatsoever. Have you seen the video? The video is pretty bad.
0: The video is horrible, and it's not just a video. It's every game. Yeah. And like you said, it's so much less of like if if, if Odell was a wide receiver three and we're talking about a flex guy who hasn't gotten any looks all season but is promising, that's one thing. But like you said, we're talking about the wide receiver one—the guy you call plays to get the ball in the open field, the guy you run a screen to because he hasn't touched it all game. Those types of things to get the guy involved, and they haven't been doing that. And that's what made Odell so successful in New York.
1: Right, and then you now, see what what they did with Randall Cobb in Green Bay. Uh, you mean to tell me that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't do that and more? No disrespect to Randall. You don't mean to tell me Aaron Rodgers wouldn't do that and more with Odell? With Odell, he 100% come on, man. I get it. The injuries, he may have, you know, slowed down a little bit, but he still looks explosive. I know if you still watch his games or even in game, like he's moving, he still looks good. He just needs an opportunity, and Baker just was not giving him that.
0: Yeah. Do you have one moment with Odell? Because you kind of played with him ne- almost near the height of everything that was going on in, in New York. Is there one story from either practice or something that you remember from your time there with him?
1: Nah, not really. Um, i just tell you, it was when I first got there, I was expecting to see, you know, OBJ, this diva, because I played with some diva wide receivers, guys who didn't want to practice, guys who people in the building really didn't like. Um, but when I got there, he was practicing. He was running down the field blocking. Um, he was chasing after guys for interceptions, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is just one day. No, it was like that every single day. The guy practiced his butt off every single day he could, like, and that alone, like, he gained my respect for that, like, just, just off me seeing that. Because again, I play with wide receivers who don't even want to practice.
0: Yeah, that now that frustrates me because I just don't understand. I mean, I do understand, obviously, so many things have happened in Odell's career that makes the media target him in the way they do for obviously clicks and views and whatever else you want to mention. But it's just such a shame that a guy who legitimately was on pace to break Jerry Rice's records when he was just two seasons in the league is now at a point where we're talking about him in the way we are about him having to move on to another team and chemistry issues. It's just a shame for such a talented guy to go out in that way. And I think I think Snack's computer crashed here again. But Odell is such an interesting study and I think once he retires, there'll be a really big look back into his career from everything that happened, starting with when he got drafted to when he made the catch, obviously, so when he hit the field goal net, and it hit him back in the face. There's so many things you can reference in the Odell trilogy saga, whatever you wanna call it, that I really do think there's gonna be an interesting look back by the time he retires to see where things went wrong, how the media had an effect on his career, and just how the NFL and the media worked to change these guys' careers, because I'm 100% sure that outside influence has affected Odell's career. Everything that has happened to him throughout his pro career has not simply been his on-field play. And you see videos here, him just getting missed, him running open. It's just such a shame to see a guy, once again, that we talked about, literally on pace to break Jerry Rice's record, now struggling to even get receptions and targets. So moving on to the Jets quarterback situation. Now, I'm definitely going to wait for Snacks to Computer to come back up here to ask him this question. Because of the seriousness of... What you got,
1: man? What question you you got for me, You good? I got you a question.
0: Ready? Here's the question. Mike White has almost matched Zach Wilson's totals through probably what six game, like six snaps almost like <laughs> If they're both healthy when they come back, how do you not give a start to Mike
1: White? Well in the locker room first and foremost if you see that you see the guys had success we you got to understand number one that uh, Zach is your, your future so we get that out of the way all the you know the Mike White hype is cool uh, some guy the locker room will kind of be split on that. The older guys that want Mike White, the younger guys are like, okay, it's a business. We got to keep uh, Zach out there. Uh, but for myself, if I was in that locker room, you gotta, you know, you gotta roll with who's hot. I understand that uh, your future is involved. This is going to be your quarterback of the future if you don't give up on them before he has opportunity to develop. Uh, but at the same time, we need to be trying to win games or be competitive. And I think Mike White is giving them a better chance at
0: that right now. I agree. And I also want to shout out Josh Johnson because he's not getting yeah, talked about at all. that's my dog,
1: man. That's my dog. <laughs> you, yeah, actually? Yeah, 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 he's a good dude. We played together on quite a few teams.
0: Well, yeah, I want to shout him out because he, I, no one realizes his college coach was Jim Harbaugh at yeah. San Diego like 30 years ago. And yeah. he's still in the league and getting his real first chances. So I just wanted to give him a shout out because he was yeah. the one that played most of snaps in that game. But yeah, no, I, like you said, I mean, if you have a team like the Jets where you're having so much trouble to find success and all of a sudden you make a quarterback change because of an injury and you can feel the team is lighter, you can feel the team is just wants to go out and win more, it'd be hard to not ride that guy into the next week because it'd almost feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't.
1: Right, right. It seems like you just don't want to win games and that's what some guys would think and that's how coaches lose locker rooms. And now
0: I'm sure that this is a straightforward answer to this question, but I'm going ask anyways. These types of decisions where it's picking a guy who might have been playing well versus the the guy who is coming back from an injury, do the players have any say in that? Or is that strictly front office?
1: Not, none whatsoever. You got your first round pick, your quarterback, he is playing. They don't care if, unless it's an injury. Um, a young guy, they're giving him that experience. Nobody has any say. That's automatically understood that he's going in the game. Do you think the
0: Jets knew what Mike White was capable of when they had him on the roster this season before Zach went down?
1: Uh, no. I think they saw some glimpses of it, but I still don't think they expected, um, you know, him to to be doing what he's doing now. But you know, kudos to the guys on the um the uh the scouting side, you know, for for recognizing that and getting him over because he was a pick. Uh, was it the Cowboys? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, kudos to them for, for finding him. Yeah, no, I'll say the same thing. I mean, he literally
0: hadn't played until those few snaps in the last game at the very end of the game when Zach went down. So, exactly, to find a guy who had been drafted three years ago but hadn't played, I mean, that that's a good thing to do. Like, that's a – that is a sign of of a winning franchise making these little pickups that help you throughout the season. I,
1: I don't know. I think y'all are reaching you right now too. Y'all y'all trying to hold on to anything positive right now, and Mike White is giving y'all that hope. So I get it, but let, let's not get too ahead of ourselves now.
0: You're right. I'm holding on like yeah, there's not much let's to let's hold it. on to. I'm grasping yeah. for straws. Like <laughs> I have to. What, yeah, what else do you want it, me man. to root for?
1: Hey, I, I get it. Y'all looking for anything positive right now, and you know he, he's it. He's it. That's why it's so great to be in New York. If you just have a little bit of success and you do your job, they'll build you up. But they'll also tear you down quicker than they build you up. So you got to be careful.
0: Now, I texted you during the Jets game uh, because I was pissed at the defense because, I mean, that's a game looking back. We could have won that game, like legitimately won that game. Obviously, Colts go four starting drives in a row with a touchdown. You're not going to win like that. But how, what's the hardest part of trying to like stop just the bleeding in the middle of a game like
1: that? Well, it's, it's the, either the energy was lacking or guys just really didn't care. Um, because at that point, the defensive line weren't getting off blocks, which were forcing the linebackers to come downhill faster. And when they were coming downhill faster, um, they, they just looked lost. You know what I mean? It, it's... When your defensive line isn't getting all blocks. your linebackers, the linebackers coach tell them to come down and fill in these gaps faster. But they look lost when they were uh, filling down here. The defensive line were getting moved out of their block, I mean out of their lanes, which caused the secondary now. They can't clean up our filling where they're supposed to go because everything is just a blur now. All week, all summer, however long you've been in the defense, anytime there's a breakdown in the defense, you know where to go. This is where you fit at deep the nose tackle is in this a gap the linebacker is filling in this B gap or this backside a gap so now you got this B gap or this a gap you know what i mean but none of those are there so that's why you get the long runs
0: yeah and those long runs are just crushing because a lot of those long runs came after we put up points and then we try to obviously get the ball back from and put up more points and then those runs are just crushing because you got to watch a guy run 80 yards on the field and, and yeah. walk into the end zone But, yeah, I mean, let's look ahead to the Jets. So, obviously, just had that loss to the Colts, 45-30. We got Buffalo. Oh, God, we have Buffalo next week. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to that game. But then, after that, we have Miami, Houston, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville. There are some winnable games in there.
1: Hey, if y'all can get past Buffalo and give Philly a game, y'all may be able to win out. I can see those it. are some very, very winnable games because this Buffalo game, uh, depending on where it is, it can end up being a trap game. It could be this is the time of year where trap games happen, uh, like midseason headed into the third quarter, you know, midway through the third quarter of the season. Um, this is this is where it happens. So I think if y'all can if y'all can pull uh, Buffalo out, y- y'all got a chance, man, to, to get some games in
0: yeah I would agree with you but I thought the last one that they I thought the Bengals game they were going to take some momentum from that and build but that didn't happen so I don't know I think if I think if we beat Buffalo which I see no chance happening but if we do find a way to squeeze past them like then I'm then I guess I'm with you I, I think we could beat Miami obviously Houston's terrible the Eagles are the Eagles Jets the Jets have a shot to, to do something but the biggest thing now and we talked about this earlier in the season but the biggest thing now for the Jets is where do you where do you want to be you have two wins you're not making the playoffs you're definitely not winning the super bowl w- what should the jets plan for the rest of the season be
1: um that that goes back to a point i made on twitter um like coaches who who are emotional coaches like the coach in detroit you hit a crossroad you're bought you're brought in to win games you're going in thinking you're going to win games, but coaches know how many games they're going to win or could potentially win in the preseason. Like that's, the Jets had to know they weren't going to be very good this year, but you bring a guy in and you tell him he wants you to change this franchise, but now we're at a point to where um, we got to start looking at draft position, um, even though the, do the Jets own the the Jets own the uh, first round pick right in Seattle as well. Yeah, so now we got to try to set ourselves up for the future. So coach, we don't want you to lose games but we won't we won't be mad if you do. Just don't lose them bad. And you know, ultimately, for a coach who was brought in to win and lose game—I mean, win games—you're um, going to get fired based on the fact that you're losing games. So um, that's when you go back and you can point to this time and those coaches have an argument where, like, you know, I had to lose these games or we weren't very good and you knew we were going to lose them. So those really don't count. But I think they got to focus on the future now, man. This year is over. Get some young guys some experience. Um, I saw a great question on the bottom about Quinnen. I like Quentin. I just think Quentin has too many times in games where he just disappears. Like at the end of the last game, he appeared a couple times, you know, had a couple of great plays in a row. He had a great, you know, series, but it was for long periods of that game where you just didn't hear his name being called or you didn't see him making that much of an impact. He has that ability. He just, the coach has got to keep him motivated because he comes from Alabama, right? He went to Alabama, right? How many games did he lose in college? Not more than four. And, then, and you see, that's the thing with these young guys. When they come in from college, they're not used to losing games. So then you go to the teams like the you know, the Jets, the Jaguars, or whatever else, and it's kind of hard to find motivation.
0: Yeah, and I give the Jets credit because they made some nice picks in the past few years with Mackay. We got Quinnen, like Elijah Vera Tucker trading him to get him. Slowly but surely, Joe Douglas is building a team that can go out there and win games. So I give him credit for that. Slowly? Slowly. Extra slowly.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's let's say that.
0: (laughs) Now, I want to ask you because, obviously, I watched the game with untrained eyes because I didn't play. But my roommate, Evan, mentioned something to me. And we kind of had a pretty long conversation about this, actually. But... We have an idea that there's a new wiggle in the league, like these new age of players, like the Kadarius Toney, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. It seems like these guys are out there running with a new type of shiftiness. Is that something that you've noticed?
1: Um, I wouldn't say notice. I think the league is more so embracing them uh, more than they did in the past. Because there's been guys like them in the NFL in the past who are extremely fast, um, don't have great hands, um, you know, minus Chase and a couple of the other guys, but they just weren't embraced just off the pure speed. But now, you get Kansas City you got seven of them over there. Now the entire league wants something like that. Now, so that's where guys um, in the past, if they played now, like a Darius Haywood Bay um, or a Percy Harvin, who still had success, but more so on the receiving side, like they they would have done really really well today. The league is really embracing these speed guys now.
0: Yeah, imagine a Percy Harvin in a Cooper Cup role or something like that. I mean, guys like that, they would have been dangerous. And like you're saying, all all this ties back into the Odell situation and why it's so much crazier that he's not getting the ball. Like, you have such a talented guy in that situation. How are you not going to design him to get the ball? You see the Giants do it for Tony. You see the Jets do it for Elijah Moore. It's not hard to get a guy the ball in the open field. Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. You can get a guy. You can get anybody open. You can get anybody open.
0: Now, completing the play and getting past the defender is another thing. But getting yeah. the guy the ball in the open field is not that hard to do.
1: No, not at all. And they just,
0: they, they weren't doing it. Yeah, no. And there's really no excuse to not be doing it when you're paying a guy that much money. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to get
1: to, Snacks, here? Anything we missed, you think? Um, Got to give my boy um, my boy Dak, some love, man. Comeback player of the year. Think Dak is going to win Comeback Player of the Year. He's playing really well. Has his team and in great position. Um, you saw their backup quarterback go out and have a great game, but it's kind of like what you see with the Jets. Your backup quarterback and have a great game, but that's your first round pick, and this is your franchise player. So, you know, kind of go back to where you were when they get back. You know what I mean? Um, Parsons, defensive rookie of the year. He's having a great year. You know, shout out to him. He's doing a lot of things in that that defense for that team. Um, uh, What's his name in Pittsburgh? The running back? Najee. Najee, Najee's having a decent year. He's had one great game and a couple, um, you know, decent games. So they're kind of putting him up there. Um, He's he's the other guy,
0: Offensive Rookie of the Year talks. Obviously, Jamar Chase running away with it, but. The work that Najee's getting is the, the workhorse yeah. back there. I mean, he's going to turn into a little Derrick Henry within two or three years.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. They feed him. <laughs> um, coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury is doing a great job. Um, Green Bay's coach deserves some uh, kudos for that as well, but I think more so Cliff Kingsbury's assistants. Um, they're doing a great job. They, they, they—you know—they've turned that team around. Slowly but surely. Um, and Sean Payton has his team playing good as well. Yeah, we give Sean Payton some credit. Give Sean
0: Payton some love. First, really, you yeah. without Drew Brees still showing he can win some games in the, the NFL. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that'd be a pretty interesting conversation between the two because the Cardinals have so much talent surrounded with that team. Not that the mm-hmm. Saints don't, but mm-hmm. obviously Cliff's able to get that out of them. <laughs> But Sean Payton, I mean, this is his first year in a long time. Like it's almost like the first year after Belichick having Brady. Like, and Sean Payton showing that he can still do it without the guy who he relied on for so long. So I think he probably be my pick to win Coach of the Year.
1: Man, they got a system in place over there already, and so it's no matter who was playing quarterback, they got they just need a decent quarterback. Which brings me back to a point I made the last uh, last show. It doesn't take much to, you know, get a franchise over the hump. You just gotta have a pretty decent quarterback and a really good defense. That's it. A quarterback who can make all the throws. Um, doesn't have to make him perfect, but somebody you can kind of just let go and let play ball. Kind of like a you know, a Jameis Winston and uh a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, that type of role. Like they're not Jameis is a good quarterback, let me not say that, but a guy who can get you by while your defense carries you like that. Alone can get the Jets over the hump, but they just keep going young at quarterback and you know, hoping for success that they see Kansas City and you know, a couple other teams with our Baltimore. Um, and it's just not working out for them. Who's ever scouting these quarterbacks? They just don't end up liking them.
0: Last thing before we go here Giants Raiders this Sunday, 1 p.m. Who you like in that game?
1: That's a tough one, man, because um this game gonna mean a lot to Jonathan Hankins, former uh giants defensive tackle um so he's gonna get the guys on the defensive line up to play really well um in the end i just think the raiders just have too much firepower but it could be a great matchup if the giants can get their secondary to you know do what they were brought in to do um because they're gonna they're gonna have trouble you know, moving the ball against the Giants. The Giants defense is pretty good, despite what you saw last week. I'm going to have to go – damn, man, you're killing me. They're going to kill me. Um, I'm going to go Raiders on that one. I'm going to have to go Raiders. I love you, Giants, but I've got to go Raiders on that.
0: Yeah, I'm citing all the same reasons. I mean, Giants, obviously, in a place to win games most weeks, even though they're only two and six. So I definitely think it will be competitive. And the Raiders dealing with all the emotional stuff with the Henry Ruggs, which we didn't even get into, and I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't because that's such a terrible story and just yeah. prayers to all, all involved. But, I mean, the Raiders are really in a strange situation right now. Five and two like had every single thing going right for them about three weeks ago. And then everything just all of a sudden out of nowhere just spiraled down from Gruden to Ruggs to their cornerback now he's facing charges on a similar driving incident. I mean, it's just it, everything's gone down for them. That being said, the Giants are the Giants, so I got the Raiders.
1: (laughs) Hey, hold on, man! Watch your mouth now. The Giants, not the Jets. I love the Jets too, but the Giants are not the Jets. No, No, they're they're not. They're Giants. They've had more recent success than the Jets, even though I love the Jets, man. But they've had more recent success.
0: They've had more recent success. They've had more past success. They've had probably more future success. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nah, nah, the Jets are set up to do good in the future, man. They just got to get the right pieces in place in all aspects the quarterback position head coach general manager uh once once they do that because this is not all on the players this is a lot on the front office what's going on with the jets because they brought a lot of these guys in
0: yep no that's awesome you've been listening to snacks and sunny here on U stadium mm-hmm. so you playing some cod later What what are you doing on a saturday night
1: Man, listen, I play a little bit of Grand Theft Auto, um, the RP, the RP okay, real I, okay. Yeah, I run a gang in there too, man. So Ooh. I think I'm going a, I'm to a stream that, let y'all see how I do. Um, I play in a couple different cities on there. Um, there's a pretty good server called Dead Homies New York. That guy, you know, that whole crew, it's pretty good guys. I got to get them on here, man, and let them tell the world about what they're doing because they have the New York City. Like, it's crazy, like the actual New York map is on there and those are some pretty good guys um and i also play a little bit of thug life man so you know these these are some weird names and i imagine snacks in here role playing while my kids in the background screaming but you know that and a little bit of call of duty that's all i got man and 2k i play 2k too all
0: right well we might have to get some running in the next few weeks
1: yeah yeah absolutely all
0: right well thank you so much for joining once Mm -hmm. again this is snacks and sunny on U stadium don't forget to like comment and subscribe have a great football weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Don't go too crazy. And then, son, Sonny Carton with snacks. Thank Signing you. Signing
1: out. Signing out. Appreciate y'all.